Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. Hey, before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a couple of our partners. These are some of the folks that help us keep the podcast going, and they've been nice enough to offer some exclusive discounts for our listeners. Now, if you've watched us on YouTube, you all know how we love to display our kicks when we're not rocking them. Sneaker Throne makes sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights, drop side cases to showcase your entire shoe, not just the heel, not just the toe, shoe trees, a number of other sneaker-related accessories. You can save 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code HISTORY. You can find a link to Sneaker Throne in the description, or you can just head to sneakerhistory.com slash sneakerthrone, and it will send you directly to their site. Again, that's 10% off with the code HISTORY. Our friends at Prospect are the premier streetwear brand and sneaker boutique based in sunny San Diego, California. One of my favorite places. Prospect is not your typical hypebeast haven, though. They carry classic footwear from brands like Asics, New Balance, Puma, Saucony, as well as local and globally known streetwear brands like Belief, Illust, Rottweiler, Stussy, and many others. Not to mention their own Prospect label and the iconic Just a Kid from Dago collection. If you're a listener of the podcast, you can save 10% on all of your orders from Prospect through their website with the code HISTORY10. That's promo code HISTORY10 at prspctsd.com. Now, if you're a Patreon supporter or a member of our Discord community, you already know about Kicks with V Hot Sauce and his small batch locally sourced hot sauce. V has been one of the biggest supporters of sneaker history and the podcast since the early days. And his hot sauce has been a huge hit with the community. To celebrate the launch of his new coffee habanero flavor hot sauce and his new habanero honey, my personal favorite, he's given an exclusive discount to our podcast listeners. The first 50 people to use the code SneakerHistory10 will save 10% on their order from KicksWithVHots.com. That's SneakerHistory10 at KicksWithVHots.com. If you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring the podcast or becoming a partner with our community, get in touch with us. You can reach us by email at podcast at SneakerHistory.com. And we'll get back to you with information about how we can partner. And now for today's episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! LeBron James with no regard for human life. Seconds. Bryant for the win. Iverson against Gill. The crowd on its feet. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. I'm Robbie with my two bros. Are we using bros ironically now, bros? How my bros? Bro, 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 bro. I just go by the name of bro. Bro. You know, it's high quality stuff when you start and end a sentence with bro. Bro, bro. I was talking to Mike about this off air, but the whole must be nice generation rankles me, but I really appreciate the bro generation. So bro on bros. That was wholesome. That was wholesome generation. What's the must be nice generation? Oh, just the passive aggressive hating. Like anytime you 
like to talk about how awesome you're doing in life, somebody inevitably will be the whole, oh, must be nice, uh, must be nice to have your own shoe, or must be nice to speak in a sentence properly. And you're gonna be like, you know what? It is nice. It's an exceptional. Oh, okay. Nice. See, I've only heard that used genuinely, really. That's good. In recent memory. So yeah, I haven't heard, but that's shady as hell. Forget people <laughs> like that. This is not going to be a shady episode. This is going to be a fun, uplifting, positivo episode. Um, before we jump into our main topics and everything, let's go ahead and tell the people what we're rocking and copping, or what we have been rocking and soon to be copping. Ro, you're shaking your head like you're ready to go. He's like, yeah. I, what do you have? Nice. I've worn these before, and I will use them because we have a special episode for everybody that we will get into later on. But HTM Air Max, I believe, for the first Air Max day, simple shoe has evolved into my beater, but it can clearly take a beating and keep on repeating. So that's my shoe. As for what I'm copying, uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna sit this one out from a copying perspective. One too many sneaker losses have, are still kind of weighing on my mind, and I'm wondering if I should pull a Guillory and not be on the app for a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of Guillories, Mike, how are you? I'm good, man, and I'm still like breathing a fresh air of that freedom of not seeing the sneakers app pop up on my phone. I'll probably give it another 30 days before I put it back on, but right now I'm, I'm living good, man. Um, what I am rocking, me and my oldest was were outside skateboarding earlier, so I had to break out the New York to Paris SB Jordan 1s. As you can see, they are clearly used. Um, what I am copying, I think I'm having some, maybe some Yeezy Day blues slash withdrawals. I've actually, I'm kind of eyeing a pair of the, uh, 700 inflame embers, ambers, whatever they call it. Um, closest I'm getting to a wave runner without paying wave runner prices. So uh, kind of on the, on the list of items there. What about you, Rob? This is, this is what you could do though. You could just hold off a little longer and is get the actual wave runner instead of something that's like close to the wave runner. You could just have what you want. Again? When's it coming out again? doesn't matter. I mean, if you're willing to spend money on the Nigel Sylvester, why wouldn't you spend money on the wave runner? I think the wave runner is even cheaper than the Nigel Sylvester. Probably. That's Jordan the main. one. Probably. We'll so I happens. heard you throwing that shoe out there. I'm like, that's a great shoe. But if shoe. you're willing to spend that, but you won't do the easy, you're already like well, probably the 350 with the amber or ember shoe, this, uh, what, what's two hundred bucks more? That that's one gr purchase. It's literally true. one purchase well, I, of other shoe. I'm, I'm having some kind of withdrawals in, on the Nigel Sylvester because I feel like I'm kind of creating one myself at this point with these. Uh-huh. So it's like you know you know me like certain dollar amounts. I'm like Ugh. it's kind of like a threshold of like like three fifty is like my threshold. After that, I'm like this is just nonsense. So no matter it's how true. much money is saved up, it's just like. Oh, this is really hard for you to push this button, even though I know it's strictly for this. I've been obsessed with this channel called Two Cents by PBS. I've shouted it out on the Discord. But compartmentalizing your spending is like you're playing with yourself because, like, every dollar is non-fungible. So at the end of the day, you could say, I won't spend 350 on one pair of shoes. But, Mike, I know you. You will buy four pairs of $180 to $150 pair of shoes. You do that math. It's it, like, it, it takes up less space too. It does, <laughs> but just fair. they brought up like sp- putting pots away for money. Like it, it's good in some senses. Like all right, I have X amount of dollars for going out to eat this month. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. when it comes to like buying stuff, is ultimately you're going to use that dollar the same way. Just it looks a little different. So it does this makes me feel to our listeners sometimes. too? <laughs> financial wisdom. It's just like 
This is not financial also, advice. Do not come after us after you hear this. No, oh, no, it's not advice. It's, it's wisdom. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it really is. It's definitely not any type of everybody's financial situation is very, very different. That's but, payment poppy. But when it comes to shoes, it's like, man, you sp- I'm guilty of it too. You spend four GR Jordans, you know, that's like 800 fucking dollars. So it's like, am I going to wear all four of those shoes? Do I have four pairs of feet? How look, many? Mike, you have at least 30, 40 pairs behind you. Look, so it's don't like, talk okay, about look, you don't need picking to see up all four them. more pairs versus no, like, one more that you really want and said, ooh, they're kind of like another pair <laughs> when you could just have the pair you ultimately want. It's a crack habit, bro. Look, you understand. This is literally all that's like crack. You can, you can, ah, <laughs> the Tyrone mm-hmm. Bigham style, you know? No, it definitely is. <laughs> but just, uh, Get get your brain thing, not yours particularly. Just get <laughs> oh, no, our I listeners' brains spinning. Because I'm like, you're right. Because I just looked them up. So the inflames were 320. The wave runner's mm-hmm. 476. So I was like, all right, you're right. Don't so, buy a second shoe and just up. get <laughs> one. <laughs> and I have Do like 300. It. I have like 300 dollars credit at Goat. So I'm like, okay, I can make this. I can justify. Oh, this. That, that, hey, this has turned into Guilty Conscious, the sneakerhead version where <laughs> Robbie is the Eminem character and I'm trying to be Dr. Dre, but at the end of the song, I'm yeah. agreeing with Robbie. Go ahead and pull the trigger, yeah. my dude. 100%. Right. Yeah, I was like, hmm, stretch the dollar. I like to stretch Sorry, the dollar, bro. But at this point, I mean, if you're if you're a beginning sneakerhead and you don't have 40, 50 pairs of shoes already, stretching the dollar makes total sense, but at this point, there has to be some kind of anxiety when you look at it. And you're like, I don't want to wear any of these because you definitely have the thought. We're like, I don't want to wear any of these fucking shoes. I have all I, these shoes. I, just sold I want wave runners, but you won't buy the wave runner. You'll buy the one that's like a wave runner that'll eventually sit there like the other shoes and you won't want to wear it. Bro, you're telling on yourself. It, Mike. it is literally like this is, you know, just madness inside the brain for when it comes to sneakers. Just all the justifications and ideas of like, oh, this is better. Bro, we need to have just a sneaker history therapy episode just for me and my my weird habits of how I buy things. Mm-hmm. We will one day. It'll just be. We'll actually just not even tell you there's an episode going on. We'll tell you last minute, and you'll enter. It's an intervention. It, where, where's Liz B? Bro, I maybe I need. It's like bring her on. Like help me. Yes, out. We'll, we'll have a talk about your, your habits. No, we'll just make her name tag on the episode Nick Engvall and be like, "What happened to Nick?" And be like, "What, what are you questioning?" Yeah. That's Nick. Get you some professional help. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, for me personally, so I've been rocking the past couple of days because I bought these and I'm like, I really like wearing them. So I wear them a lot. And it's funny because I looked at other shoes I wanted to wear. and I was like, I don't want to wear any of these. I want to wear these fucking shoes. So it's like (laughs) I have all these shoes in the world. And it's like, no, I want to wear. I think they're not even like reselling for a lot. I got them for retail. But like, it's so funny. I play the game with myself, too. Um, So when it comes to copying. My answer is nothing because I have subscribed to my own train of thought. The last pair of shoes I bought for myself were a pair of New Balance 550s that are going to get they're going to get here in like a month. They're so back ordered. So I paid 100 bucks like 4 weeks ago. And, and that's my last purchase. So because I don't need like there's I could buy I tried to get all the Yeezys on Easy Day. We'll talk a little bit more about that probably for a second, but I, do I need to go buy a pair of bread easy 350 V2s for $500 when there's like other shoes I want that are probably like 800 and then I could just not buy a second shoe or just buy no shoes for a long time and not feel weird about it when I want to buy something I really want? 
So personally, my wallet hasn't been opening for many things, looking for the right thing. Now, other meaningless bullshit, those have been getting purchased that are not shoes. That's a different conversation. Tell but us more. When it comes to footwork, no, those are my guilty pleasures. Um, but yeah, have not with the shoes, but everything else in life, definitely. Um, do we have any reviews? No We reviews? have no reviews. I'm disgusted by our listenership. You guys are clowns. If you dislike me so much, write a review about it. Back to you, Robbie. <laughs> It's it's funny. Nice. I was looking back. Yeah, must <laughs> be nice. I did notice the complex podcast has over a thousand reviews already. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. So we're we're well, almost at two hundred. <laughs> we're almost at two hundred. So let's see. We're, we're a budget podcast. Yes. They're that eight hundred dollar pair of sneakers that a lot of people are getting. We could be one of four. Just throwing that out there. Very true. But if you want to help us get to that two hundred threshold, we would very much appreciate it. Yes. But to everybody who is tuned in now and in the future, we appreciate you being here with us. Um, like I alluded to a moment ago, Yeezy Day came and went. I think for a lot of people, the went aspect is a very important part of that statement. Um, did anybody here have any luck? Nods? No better than that. Jake, I mean, I had to ask anyway. Everybody was Operation pretty much trying. One. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rob. No, I was saying everybody was pretty much trying for me. So I kind of knew the answer because I didn't pay anybody. <laughs> well i mean i feel like easy day was built for my schedule at this point with a newborn because they started what shoes at like 4 a.m or 6 a.m i'm like well i'm up but jesus this is not the first thing on my mind like who i saw people getting multiple pairs of certain ones or not it's like they had more stock of like the was it the green glow one or mm-hmm. i don't know the actual name for it um the 700 v3 glow and of course i think maybe a couple of the, the kid sizes they had more stock of, but it was impossible, man. I was using up all the bandwidth in my computer with all these different waiting rooms. I was sitting in felt like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to chill out. Well, don't fret guys. There's another stock that's going to drop according to Yeezy supply right now in 16 days, 10 hours, four minutes and three seconds. If it ain't Don, cool. I don't care. I want the music. I don't care about the shoe right now. I'm dealing with this wave runner, like conundrum in my brain already. So, no luck at all from you two. I had at least four to five people in the Discord trying to help also. 2019 Yeezy Day, I got three pairs. And so I was, I was really I hopeful to at least get one. So, yeah, whatever. Because um, at the end of the day, I was trying to buy. I did the math in my head. With all the entries, I probably would have spent like close to $2,000. Oh if, if every single one of them would have hit. And that's just me hitting alone. So I was like, oh, shit. If everybody, if four people buy these glow in the darks, I got to pay out four people. But, that is one of my biggest anxieties because I want to ask happen, people though. to help me out. And then my worst fear is like, great, everybody's going to hit on this random midsize release and I'm going to have four pairs of a random 13 colorway. That's not going to amount to a hill of beans. So, Well, with that case, the one benefit of, I will call them bottom of the barrel, you know, resellers is like somebody's always going to buy a shoe off you for 28 bucks over so if you really do need to get rid of something you can at least get lunch out of your poor purchases so someone's always going to buy it off you always going to buy it off (laughs) so that does suck but it's like yeah man consumerism i would have spent like two grand on yeezys yeezys on shoes i really probably only liked really 400 to 600 dollars worth of it so crazy man Life's crazy. Um, 
history is crazy. The history of our next shoe and our main topic is kind of crazy. So this is always my favorite time of the year. I really love to see when the next installment of any type of shoe comes out. It can be historically summertime in Kevin Durant's shoe. It can historically be, you know, October in LeBron's shoe. It can be this time of the year. So fall, I mean, pardon me, not fall, uh, spring, summer, and we get Nike's Air Max. So this year we're going back to numbered units. We have the Air Max 2021, 2021, coming off the heels of the Air Max 2090. I have a whole thing. I, I wrote out some random shoes. I have some random Air Maxes in mind that may have been forgotten. I wanted to bring up the new model and the history of Air Max without just telling everybody, here's the Air Max 1. Here's the Air Max 90. Here's the Air Max Plus. So to avoid that kind of thing, I kind of just wanted to start off with divulging a little bit of information about the 2021. This is Nike's, again, flagship lifestyle-specific Air Max shoe. So unlike the 90 and the 1 and other past models, this most primarily of the 2000s, 80s, and 90s, they were all the pinnacle running shoe, the pinnacle Air Max tech, you know, um, shock absorption heel unit. So they were the hottest and best. Now Air Max is almost exclusively from like a heritage standpoint, a lifestyle shoe. So the Air Max 2021 is not designed to be running, ran in, but it's different in all the good ways. Um, I personally see, and I want to get your, your, the thoughts of both of you. I personally see a lot of inspiration from like the women's models we've been having released over the past couple of years, but it's more like rounded shape and big exaggerated heel uh, in a good way. I like how the exposed Air Max unit is different. I'll let somebody else kind of break down what that looks like, but um, I like it's it's rounded. It's more soft look compared to the very um, aggressively lined Air Max 2090. So, from an initial standpoint, initial look, these shoes are actually out now, so you can go get a pair when you're listening to this. Um, I'm a fan of them. How do you guys interpret the Air Max unit, and what do you think about the shoe? Um, me personally, I'm not a fan of the shoe. Um, to be fair, I think the last Air Max really, I guess they're really with the marquee Air Max. I really liked was like the Flyknit Air Max. That they did a few years back, and I know we'll probably talk about some of those later. But I don't know. This is – I feel like they're kind of going that – again, I, I understand they're going with the casual approach. But I, I like the really sleek performance models like we got back with, you know, 06 or, yeah, was it what, 2010, 11, 12, those things like that. I'm not really feeling these. It's not that it looks like, oh, because it's, you know, like you said, has more of the uh, looks of some of the women models. Not not at all. Not That's not the issue. Just the fact I feel like the Air Max is kind of that has its own lane. Like the, the marquee Air Max should be a performance shoe to me. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I, when they went away from it, with like even last year, was it 2090? I wasn't a fan. It's just, I feel like they've kind of lost their edge, lost their allure because I used to be super excited to see what the new Air Max would look like. And now I'm just like, I, I feel like they just have their attention elsewhere and they're just trying to say, hey, how big can we make the air bubble? Um, can we make it wild? I mean, the soul's cool. I like the fact how you know the air bubbles is different to set up. But other than that, I'm I'm not a fan of really anything about the shoe. Okay, so I think it's an interesting point that you called out because in my mind as well, 
this doesn't feel like an Air Max because the letter of the law tells me an Air Max shoe is meant for activity. This is very much a, I'm just going to chill on brunch and, hey, look, there's kind of a flubber-like substance in my shoe. It is unique looking. I do kind of like the aesthetic that it has. And to Robbie's point, the exaggerated helps it in my mind because as I'm kind of looking through the actual posting on Nike.com and I see the gentleman that's modeling it, it works given that ensemble. But I do worry about the durability of it. And I know that this is just me kind of projecting my own insecurities, but as he's kind of bending down, I could almost see a situation where the bubble almost collapses on itself and then you have a busted air max through it. And that's what scares me. But People are going to rock it. They're going to make it look cool. And yeah, it's not for me, but I get it. And I hope that this continues that trajectory. Though, do you guys think there's a possibility maybe in the future that they'll have almost like a split a split pack for an Air Max where we'll see one Air Max that's more performance-based while the other one is aesthetics? I hope so. I mean, because to me, that's like the happy medium between the two, because yeah. I totally get where you're coming from, Mike, where it's like, OK, Air Max means I have to be able to run in the shoe. It's the origin of the shoe. It's what made it popular. But at the same time, they are kind of feeding the people that have kept their bread buttered, so to speak, by saying this is more lifestyle or sportswear. Athleisure. Yeah. So, I mean, devil's advocate, there are so many technical running shoes out there. I mean, Mike, are you really going to go buy? Or anybody, really, myself included, you're going to go buy an Air Max model over, like, oh, okay. not, not just that, but even in-house at Nike, they have the Next Percent. Like you have like the Pegasus. Yeah, you have so many other shoes. Like, I don't look to Air Max anymore the same way you don't look to a question for a performance basketball shoe anymore. Like, shit's fucking yeah. 20 years old. So well, it's like. It's not the sense I'm going to run in it. It's just the fact I like the look. I just like the more aggressive look of the shoe. I just think the softer look is just not for me. I nothing wrong with it for the person who likes it. Just for me personally, that's just the ones that I I liked. I I mean, just the more streamlined. Even looking at your your Air Max ninety pulled up, although it is more of a casual shoe now because we're not running in that. I mean, if you do, God bless your feet. But it is still more. St- look at that shoe, and then look at this twenty uh, twenty one. It is th- that Air Max ninety is more streamlined. Than this one and you would expect mm-hmm. more of a, a bulky bulbous type shoe back in the early 90s you're getting more than now i don't know if they're trying to get back to the trend of the you know chunky dad type shoe we're still on that that particular wave but i just feel like the air max should be more of a again marquee air max sneakers should be more the streamlined performance looking doesn't have to be i'm not going running them but just give me a look of hey this is air max heritage as opposed to hey we just want to see how big we get this bubble and see if it hopefully it doesn't pop on you <laughs> you know what i mean so you like that angular air max as opposed to the soft air max yeah. because the first impression i get to your point bulbous is a fantastic word i was going to go gelatinous and there's our <laughs> act word for the episode yeah there is something inherently squishy about this shoe that does make me wonder like even if you are going to use it for the aesthetics or the lifestyle or the athleisure how long will this shoe last is this something that we're supposed to wear every day when we're being lazy sloth-like creatures, or is this <laughs> reserved for even the holiest of cheat days where you're truly not doing anything other than just lounging around eating a tub of cookie dough? So you have a lot going on under the hood. So I get what you're saying. It's, it's, it looks softer and everything, but uh, 
a great thing about Nike Air Max is that if that air, if that air bubble pops, they'll they'll replace your shoe. So you're not For just sure. gonna like yeah. pop a shoe and be like, oh no, I only have one left shoe. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> SOL. No. So I mean, if it does happen, you just get another pair. So as I've never felt weird about how aggressive or how crazy because my Vapor Max is something could very easily go through a pair of Vapor right. Max, and oh, if anything yeah. did. I know that I'm ultimately covered without having to buy a special pair or a special uh, make of like shoe insurance, like air insurance. Um, <laughs> and this shoe, so that kind of has like a ripstop like material going through it. That's really not top of the line tech, but it being hollowed out throughout the midsole, making it lighter and allowing you to kind of have. So when you have the hollowed out foam in the front, it acts similar, similarly to what air does. So it's not going to have like the full compression and rebound, but it's going to have the compression in your forefoot, allowing you to kind of feel something and have a little bit of added lightness in the forefoot. So you have yeah. a really crazy heel and then you have like a fake kind of air feeling in the forefoot. So there's definitely like tech properties or techniques being used here that make it a new cutting edge air max. Um, I totally get what you two were saying though. Cause my first initial looks at it, First initial look at it was, it was okay. But I've actually been checking it out now for the past day and a half, and I'm like, okay, like I I like them a lot more. I love the 270. I know a lot of people didn't like the, yeah, 270, the 270 React. Like, yeah, um, I have a couple versions of various 270s, and I like the big aggressive air units. So unleashing it and kind of having it be more airy with it being able to squish and the columns kind of give loose. In this Air Max 2021, that's really cool to me. And above all, it's sustainable. So it's supposed to be over 20%. Um, at, no, yeah, at, at least 20% recycled content. What that means, IDK. But you can't say 20%. That's one-fifth, man. That's a good piece of pie being recycled. So I mean, there's definitely some cool techniques in here to make it a new Air Max. But both of your comments, I, I think, make great sense also. So we have a little list here. I'm probably not going to go through all of them now anymore. Um, Cause there's some here. It's like, I want to talk about the air butane, but that's probably better for a, a straight up obscure air max episode. So we'll <laughs> hold off on that. I actually really want to start off with, I'm going to skip vapor max too. Cause vapor max isn't that cool. We all fucking know about vapor max. I'm one of the, probably the few people who enjoy air, vapor max, like thoroughly thinks they're cool shoes. So whatever. Pound the back to Robbie. I like Vapor Max. <laughs> Good on um, you. But let's let's start off here with some of the newer things like Mike was talking about. Um, you could even go. I said 2011 and 2015 because those are my two favorite of the new age Air Max. But let's just go from like 2012, pardon me, 2010 to like 2015. Like, let's. Do you guys have any standouts or favorites in that what I call the heritage years? Um, the Air Max unit. Mm -hmm. um, they call it a heritage airbag because they can use it across different models yeah. um, with it kind of changing the top, right? So it's like, oh, you keep the same engine, but you just change the frame around it. Mm -hmm. So from like 2010 to 15, there was a little variance, but for the most part, they're all the same Air Max bubble. <laughs> I really like the Air Max Zero and I guess the mythology about it when Nike mm -hmm. decided, hey, we're going to take a day out of the calendar and dedicate it to 
promoting, advocating, celebrating the Air Max, and then you get the backstory of okay, Tinker wanted to do this, and it's 16 years, or sorry, 30 years after the initial Air Max. So that was something that I really enjoyed. There was something simple about it, and I tend to prefer simple sneakers more often than not. But yeah, that was the first one when you kind of gave us that assignment of okay, think about this particular era of Air Max. What's the one you gravitate towards? I would go Air Max Zero. I love uh, that one too. 2011 is my favorite Air Max sneaker of, of like I said, all the marquees in that, in that time frame when they started releasing that that year model uh, with the like I said the heritage heritage bag. Um, I don't know something about the, the the fuse and just the like the the colors. They these were so bright, brilliant sneakers. My favorite was the Max Orange 2011. Um, the thing looked like a freaking traffic cone, but it was amazing. I, I bought it when I worked at Champs in college. Uh, during like with employee appreciation day or whatever that they have every quarter. So I got them for like next to nothing. Um, yeah, dude, I, I think I had them until recently. So they were just, I beat them until they just couldn't be like worn anymore. So one of those uh, sneakers, if they ever retro I'd be first in line to get them. Another crazy sneakerhead mannerism. I'm going to wear a pair of Air Maxes until they're literally bleeding while I still go buy all these other shoes. I'm not going to wear very much while I still wear the Air Maxes <laughs> over help, and over right? and over we need, again. We need help. <laughs> I was very fortunate. I got hired at Nike Las Vegas at the tail end of the 2010. So I got a pair of Air Max 2010s as my staff dress. And then like two weeks later, a pair of 2011s as the staff dress. I got two pairs, so they had to switch everybody out. So I also had both of those pairs. They both, one of them got stolen. One oh. of them, my trunk got flooded. And they, oh, I didn't realize my trunk flooded and they molded. Oh. So they all gone. Uh, a pair of Kobe fives were also in back of that truck that also got molded out. Which <laughs> colorway? I like the Laker home ones. Um, yeah, and then the pop Kobe fives got stolen too. Yeah, life sucks sometimes, but you live. A lot of shoes come <laughs> and go. But again, like most things with shoes, that another one's just going to come out. I'm a huge fan of the zero two twenty eleven also, but the fifteen and twenty eleven are probably my favorites along with the zero. Man, I like all of them. I like all this new stuff. I'm not going to lie. There's some I really don't care for all the way, like the uh, the pre-day. It's okay. Yeah. I think my mind would probably change if I had them on foot. But um, I just from curb appeal, I feel like they're a little too too much of a of a dad shoe. Like it's like a white kind of. It's like a shocks, but it's an Air Max. It's weird. Not my thing. <laughs> um, so this one here is from the early two. So the turn of the century at the 2000s started happening. The um, Air Max 360, the first shoe to have a truly, like, full air bubble. So think of, like, the um, Vapor Max before the Vapor Max. And this shoe came out, I got to double-check myself. I want to say it's 2005, but it's 2006. So the 360 in um, 2006, they actually went and did a whole breakout line like they've done in other tech years where you have the 360 BB for basketball. Mm -hmm. Then you have like the 360 BB Amari Stoudemire for him in basketball. So you can go like so many different ways, but the 360, I think we've had retro with a vapor max tooling. We've had it retro. I think with like air max, like 90 tooling or some shit, like so many weird, like mutant versions of it. And I would really just love to see a clean version of the 360. You guys got love for that shoe. I actually like that one. 
the influence of that shoe as it kind of shaped that next generation after its inception and its release kind of makes me appreciate the shoe even more. But yeah, I mean, what you said about it is probably top notch and I can't even beat it. So I will just tip my hat to you, sir. Well done. They did a heritage bag version of it, I believe. That makes sense yeah. to me. I want to say, I think I remember that vaguely. But the the Amari stuff was cool. So they had the Air Max 360 BB stat, which he wore in the Vegas All-Star game in a white and gold colorway. I wanted to bring him up. I wanted to also bring up like the Air Max, uh, you know, the operate, just stuff that makes you think of like early, I guess kind of mid 2000s now. Like, time yeah. is so crazy. Nelly was hot. Um, Nelly era <laughs> Air Max stuff. And it's, it's very interesting. It's very uh, encapsulated at the time. It fits in that niche outside oh, of sure. 2006 to 2010. I don't know if it still works, but who knows? Um, <laughs> I posted about this one earlier today, and we actually got Chris Bosch to comment on the post. And I was like, oh, shit, Chris oh, Bosch actually commented. Um, the Air Max Hyperposit yep. from 2012 made popular by one Chris Bosch in his championship years. He also had like Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, LaMarcus Ulrich, just crazy PEs of that shoe, a big old chunker. That's when like Nike was really trying to do new things with like foam posit. Like, okay, yeah. we're going to call it hyperposit and we're going to put the fattest airbag unit we can on it. 360. And it, it's a beast, man. It's, it's, I remember holding it and this, this is a heavy freaking shoe. But it's a cool looking shoe. And shout I out to Chris Bosch. I wanted to Liberty pair so bad, but that was when basketball shoes still sold out. And that was one of the ones that you just, it was hard to get your hands on. Mm -hmm. I love that shoe. Like so, looking so cool. back on it, it's so cool. There's nothing, it's so unique. Like you put that on the full locker shoe walls of the world. People are going to gravitate towards it if it's there. And to your point, Mike, I think it's going to get, not its proper due because it was unfortunately a victim of that era's success because to your point, anything that was basketball related got RoboCop so quickly and half the people probably didn't even realize the shoe existed and Chris Bosch did wonders for it. So great shoe. Mm -hmm. Very, very wow. nice. There was a, uh, a second one to so the Hyper Posit Max 2, which kind of looked like if, it's, if Skeletor was a shoe, had the very like bony looking design, kind of like an exoskeleton look. Anthony Davis is the only person. I think DeMarcus Cousins was the only two people I saw or remember wearing that shoe. There's probably oh, other yeah. people in the league, but those are this the two. Um, Anthony Davis had a very clean, like red and navy, mm -hmm. Pelicans friendly colorway. But it was Anthony Davis and, you know, again, DeMarcus kind of like leading the flagship team shoes for Nike for a long time. Which brings me to my next one. I wanted to say the Hyperize, and that's the one we're going to talk about. But you could also throw in pretty much any year Hyperdunk from like 2009 to 2014-ish, mm -hmm. where they would just throw a fucking Air Max unit on the bottom. But all right, cool. We got an Air Max version. You got a, like, you got a Hyperdunk with Zoom Air, and it's lighter. It's fast, blah, 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 blah. But then we got a big boy version for, for like Pau Gasol. It's going to have an Air Max full length on the bottom. But the Hyperize from 2009 rings true to me because it's like pre-Kevin Durant signature shoe. And mm -hmm. you have like Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, and uh, Lamar Odom, 
Mo Williams with his sixth finger on his left hand. Everybody remembers the infamous hip hop space or spot rather. And I think Kevin Love or Kevin Love, Kevin Durant's name was uh, Velvet Hoop. And I was just captivated by that because it seemed to capture that early 90s Arrested Development aesthetic better than a lot of other things. And everybody on the song could flow. That was probably the most <laughs> shocking part about it. True. The hyper eyes for me, that was so that that time when a hyper dunk is at peak popularity is almost mm-hmm. it was very hard to get. Um cannot remember the price point of the hyper dunk when it released to save my life. I was in college and I remember A, broke college students, so that was one thing, and B, I just couldn't find them out in Waco half the time. Like they would come and go because of uh just all the high school basketball players and then the college hoopers as well. But I was able to get a pair of white, black and red hyper eyes uh air max from finish line for like 79 bucks that was the shoe i played intramural basketball and i played till that thing just couldn't play anymore and i love that shoe remind me was it 120 for the price point because that's the number that seems to pop up in my mind but i'm almost thinking that might be too low i thought it was more i, I like can't it's remember. too low i want like 150 150 yeah okay but i got these for 79 at finish line in a hash wall because everybody went to hyper dunk so Hyper Eyes was like not quite, you know, their cup of tea. So I was like, I will take it. I need hoop shoes. Perfect. And uh, they were, they man, I wish I still had them now. <laughs> they were, I think the marketing is cooler than the shoe. It definitely was just like a takedown version of the Hyper Dunk, but mm-hmm. there's been cool takedown versions of shoes since mm-hmm. there's been shoes and takedown versions of them. Um, so this next one, I've always feel like it looks like, a takedown shoe, but it can't be a takedown of its own line. The Air Max Griffey three, like every Griffey after like the first oh, one. I almost want to throw the Griffey. I'm gonna throw the Griffey two in here with it. So the, the two and the three, I believe they came out in like ninety seven and ninety eight or ninety eight and ninety nine respectively. If ninety six was the Griffey one, I would say they took a one year hiatus and then did two in a row, or they went back to back. So I would say they're ninety eight or ninety nine. Um, we should know that before getting on here. So my bad. Um, well, the, but the it's, it's Max a three. I remember. Oh, go ahead. No, please. No, I was trying to think of a time frame. So I remember I got the Griffey Max three. I, I want to say I bought it the same. Well, I didn't buy it school shoes wise when, you know, when shoes were like dirt cheap. Like I got that Griffey Max three and I got a pair of playoff 11s for school. And I was like, in what? Second grade, so, first or second grade? I can't according remember. According to Soul Collector, the Griffey Max 2 came out in 97. Okay. Cool. So maybe it's got a, a retro, or I don't know. See, the state. trick to knowing or appearing like you know anything about shoes is just knowing what year certain shoes released and it's doing math. Um, so I always hated them. I'm not going to lie. The second one's kind of cool. The first one's where it's at, but the third one is like, ooh. Honey. <laughs> I love the third what one. You, what are you thinking? What is you doing? You love the third one? I mean, Ro, do you have any thoughts about the later? I, yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of want to – I concede my time to the gentleman from Houston. Tell us why you love the third one, Mike, because it's, it's a nostalgia. tough sell for me. Pure, pure nostalgia okay, for me. I know fair. I know. it's like one of those – it was better as a cleat. Like I'm trying to pull up pictures, which is really weird that it's pretty difficult to find the Griffey Max 3 in images. Hold on. Because you can find like so, you find a lot of the cleat versions, but the shoe itself, I think, is just very, very nice. I mean, 
So correct me if I'm wrong, guys, uh, like the laces being on the side, that was similar mm-hmm. to what we saw with the shake and destruct, right? Like this almost seems like the baseball equivalent of that shoe. Yeah. So let me see if I can pull a picture. I mean, brands have been experimenting with asymmetrical lacing for as long as. For sure. But I mean, I just remember, and maybe it's because the last dance is forever stuck in my head, but that. Rodman shoe, especially in that white colorway, was the first time like, holy crap, this is as asymmetrical as a shoelace can get. And now I'm kind of finding that Griffey Max 3, and I was able to find it because it took me some searching as well, to your point, Mike. And that's the impression that I get. It's just for the Griffey Max 3, we have that diagonal Velcro strap over it, which now actually in hindsight kind of looks cool. So I may be walking that back, but I still kind of wanted to hear from you, Mike, because you seem confident about it. You love the 3 right off the bat. Yeah. Pardon the bad pun. <laughs> no, I think just a different the, the different take on it, um, and it always helps the materials. It's like a completely full leather shoe, and again, it's, it's just different. It, it just represented something uh, a peak athlete at the time. It didn't look like everything else. Everything, of course, was super you know heavy Jordan at that point in time. With things, what that was 1998, so that was what Jordan 13 time, mm-hmm. Jordan 14. So oh, it was just something that was very just. Perfect for his era, and I think I again, if it retro today, I'll buy a pair immediately. But again, it's just something that is very just different than everything we looked at. Maybe shaking, like say, shaking destruct um, would be one of those more similar to it. But again, that was a different shoe as well. So I really like the chance they took on, it, even though it is not a um, definitely not well liked among the masses. I'd say that much. If you didn't buy the retro that came out and held on to that money. You could buy a pair of Weight Runners. Well, they're not wet drawing, so, I mean, what are we like? <laughs> in, in, in general, I'm, I'm not going to ever let that go. I know you're not. <laughs> Never let go, Jack. Never let go. Peace, Jack. <laughs> I got off my door. <laughs> Deuces. Yeah, I hope somebody ever does the splicing of Never Let Go, and then it's a shot of Leonidas from 300 <laughs> kicking Leo straight in the mouth and flying back into the water. <laughs> I think he just gave away a free game, man. That's a good idea. That's what I'm here for. So, so here's some bad game, and I, I'm, we're going to make this the second to last shoe. We're going to end on a on another note, but like, I need to know which one of you put the Air Max Duncan on here from 2000. Like, you know, it wasn't me. Web technology. <laughs> you Mike? You're the biggest San Antonio Spurs fan here. <laughs> no, I can saw it. I to your race. I'm like, nope, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> no, 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 no. I loved it. Uh, it it kind of looks like if Venom had a sneaker. And it goes back to the fact that Mike has nostalgia associated with the Griffey 3. Same for me. Your boy doesn't know how to tie shoes until he was, let's say, 21. So anything <laughs> with no laces gets a... Siskel and Eber, two thumbs up. So that's why. And then Tim Duncan is my Kobe in a sense. Where That's my ride or die guy. I will maintain he is probably as dominant of a player as an era can have that's not named LeBron or Michael. So just had to shout the shoe out because ugliness sometimes rides. Man, that shoe's awful. I will, I'll, I'll happily take, though, 2002's Duncan 2, which is also an awful shoe, but it's just – it's so <laughs> – plain and boring it's like that's the duncan signature shoe like that makes more sense trying to put web tech on whatever the hell is going on there that's too busy for a man who is not busy the the duncan (laughs) 2 is 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 the toyota corolla of 2002 air max and tim duncan historically is the toyota corolla he's gonna run for 20 years phenomenally (laughs) not gonna win any speed competitions but 
you're going to have 20 years of them. So the Corolla of shoes, the Tim Duncan two, and the Corolla of basketball players. Tim Total phone pocket so, max should have been a shoe. He stated, I mean, I may not be a bit Tim Duncan fan, but I can respect his foam game. I can kind of be okay with the total air foam posit max because it's so big and clunky like he was at a young age, but it's a little too flashy, but he's young. So like the flashiness makes more sense. (laughs) The silver made sense. Just, I mean, even Tim Duncan's Adidas stuff was just so boring. Like, but it worked. I mean, it's the dude has to wear it. It's his brand. What's, what's more of a safe brand than boring. Like, that's a good brand in my book. I just want there to be a picture somewhere where he's wearing a crisp linen shirt, some solid Florida je- uh, dad jean shorts, and those Air Max Duncans. And just, what the hell? Nope. He wore sandals on his day off. So they have that same picture, but him in closed toe sandals. Going barbecue <laughs> after these, <laughs> whatever he was doing. Yeah. I mean, so the zoom up tempo, I mean, the vid zoom up tempo, he had, he had some good shoes, but. The Duncan one is not one of those good shoes. Uh, so let, let's end here. Let's end on another shoe that is releasing very soon. The Air Max 1996 from 1996. Uh, it should stay there. Yeah, really? it, it's, it's not my favorite of... I mean, if you have to give me an option between 95, 96, 97, 98, the 96 is my least favorite of those four. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a bad shoe. I mean, I, I I brag on it, but it's not a bad Air Max. I've seen more. I think more. Uh, so I will defer yeah. to my graduate professors, Robbie and Mike, about this. But I saw the '96, and I was just thinking, hey, is this the Wave Runner of its day in terms of the aesthetics? <laughs> Could be. A lot of overlays. What's funny is it reminds me of like the Air Max Pillar because you have very That's hard exactly lines. That's exactly what I think of. When I... Very hard lines on that shoe going at a weird direction. But the, but the pillar is nicer to me because it's just like this big chunky monstrosity. We know what the pillar is. But when you come after Air Max 95 and you like precede Air Max 97, who was smoking on the job that came out with the 96? Like someone literally was just like, mm, nonchalant, you're just you guys. No disrespect to whoever designed that, but it just didn't. If you look at the line of Air Maxes to, I guess, a certain degree, that one just didn't seem to fit in what is now just that legacy of sneakers. I am not going to let you besmirch the great name of designer (laughs) Sergio Lozano, okay? He's an outdoorsman. He enjoyed the crashing of the waves, and he decided, I'm going to put it on a shoe. Hence the Wave Runner. Thank you. That's my TED Talk. Well, I, I mean, that has more to do with waves than the, uh, this other than the wave runner does. God knows why he came up with that name. I'd rather have the, I'd rather have the ninety six than the pillar. Pillars is that's it's way too much shoe, in a bad way. <laughs> so I mean, there's other shoes like the Command Force that's way too much. There's a lot of too much shoe out there. But let's just end on that note. I feel like we can't top that. Yeah, that's a big meaty sandwich of shoe. (laughs) Awful lot of shoe you got there, buddy. All right. Is that a whole bunch of shoe or are you happy to see me? (laughs) Can't it be both? I'm happy that you tuned into this episode. Thanks for our walk back through time down Air Max Lane. What's a pair of Air Maxes you remember or have fond feelings towards or puts 
happiness in your socks. What works for you? Let us know. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like this video and subscribe to the Sneaker History channel. We've been popping out lots of great different content on there. It's a good time. Um, I might even start putting recipes on there to try to get people to go to it more. We're gaining recipes. Recipe exchange. I'm Robbie, though. You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Mike, where can they find your cook group? Uh, well, only cook group I'm in is one one barbecue with my Dark Vader apron. But other than that, you can find me on Sneaker History, Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789, and YouTube at Mike Gibbery. Roy, where are you at, buddy? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rohizi, on Instagram at RoadM13, and Vegetarians, Mike truly is Darth Vader when he's behind the grill, so. Nice. Make sure you're following at Sneaker History on all major platforms. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and have yourself a good rest of your day. Bye. See ya. Live long and prosper. Hey, everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. We just launched our new merch, including tees, stickers, keychains, and a bunch of other pieces you can grab to show your support for the podcast. You can purchase it now through our companion site, sittingtreasure.com. You can also get access to more episodes of the podcast by joining our Discord community at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Plus, we've got a bunch of other fun things going on in the community, including trivia nights, giveaways, access to sneaker raffles from around the world, release announcements, and my favorite, just good people helping good people get the sneakers they want. Plus, we're not bought by advertisers, investors, or other big money. I'm confident in saying this is the best sneaker community I've ever been a part of. We've also teamed up with a few partners to offer our supporters discounts. You can find some in the links for this episode and even more in our Discord. Give us a try, and if you don't enjoy it, you can always cancel the membership at any time. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of someone showing appreciation. Thank you all for the support, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.